What is up? Welcome back to Side Piece Season. This is episode 44. Uh, four fallacies? I'm going to talk about four things real quick. Little myths about love and relationships that um, they got to go. Plain and simple. They just got to go. Uh, there are more than four, and I'll probably come back and circle back to some of the other ones in the future. But for today, let's hit it. Four fallacies. All right, so... Number one, uh, and I just, I hate this one, um, and it's that there's a magical person out there that has some superpowers, some some special kind of love that you could not get anywhere else, and when you meet that person, they will complete you or make you whole. Now, the you complete me shit comes from Jerry Maguire. Uh, I think everybody's seen that movie. Even if you haven't seen the movie, the idea that that statement has gone on to just have its legs, right? That whole, you complete me. And then it's kind of further echoed with the whole like 50-50 in a relationship. We're supposed to be 50-50. We do everything together. It's 50-50. I give my half, you give your half, and we make this beautiful whole. All right. All that stuff sounds good. It's flowery. Um, but all of that is really like bullshit, right? Like... Again, something like Jerry Maguire, if you've ever seen the movie, you get this whole thing where, I mean, it's it's a good story, right? But story writing, plays, movies, books, whatever, like, they're done to elicit a certain response, to get a certain reaction, for you to feel a certain way. Nothing wrong with them. They're great. I enjoy them. Um, but... Let's talk about the reality of a day-to-day situation, right? Like if you're looking for somebody else to complete you, um, I've said this before, that's way too much pressure to put on that other person because now they're responsible for making sure that you're okay in all these different ways that you should be making sure that you're okay. Um, and they have to do the same thing for themselves. It's not cool. It's not cool. Jerry Maguire, you're doing damage. Stop with the bullshit. Um what you need in a relationship, how it should work, is that you show up as fully formed as possible. And whatever is lacking, you have to figure that out and fix it. Now, someone else could help you, I suppose. But at the end of the day, the responsibility is that's your job. You're the one that has to fix that. Air quote, fix, right? So this could look like therapy. We've talked about the importance of therapy um, ad nauseum, and we will continue to do so. You might have to go get somebody to talk to, uh, to make this thing work. But it's not some other person, some mythical, magical uh, Mr. or Mrs. Wright that's out there roaming the dark like a unicorn that you're looking for. There's just, it's just not the case. Um, the other part about the magical person making you whole is it kind of like says that there's this one person that you, you need to find. And if you find them, and when you find them, everything's going to be great. Well, again, not reality. Um, and additionally, mathematically, there's probably more than one person that's perfect for you, right? It just, it has to be. With this many billions of, of people on the world, there's probably more, probably like a hundred, probably a thousand people that actually would work well with you. That things would be great if you two met and got together, Um which leads us into, not these aren't in order, but my number two point, um, my number two myth that we're going 
going to squash right now. You can earn somebody's love. Um, this you see a lot where somebody's with somebody that it's clearly the relationship's not going well. They don't really belong together. They're oil and water. They're abrasive. Um, there's usually one person that is doing the heavy lifting, right? There's one person that's doing tons of uh, acts of service, right? Like they're trying to earn that person's love. Um, you can never, you know, love someone enough to make them love you, one, back, and two, the way you want to be loved. It's not a thing. You, you can't do that. Uh, so if you're uh, in an unequal relationship like that where the other person could care less and you're thinking that you're going to do these things that are going to validate your value, show that you are worthy of being loved and that they should be loved you. They, they should love you. They would be crazy not to love you. If that's your goal, if that's the thing that you're working on, again, that speaks to you looking for that magical someone, right? You've, you've put that person in that role of like, oh, this is the person. So I just have to prove to them that they can love me. Now, this plays out in a lot of different ways. You'll see people that are with somebody that's, that's damaged and um, dysfunctional. And a lot of people will get with a person like that and think that I just have to love them enough they're going to see the value of me and we're going to fix what's wrong with them and we're going to move forward. <clears throat> Stop it. You don't have to, you don't have to earn anybody's love, right? Like you can certainly do things to lose it, but you earn their respect. You earn their trust. You earn those kinds of things. They should just love you because they're there with you and committed to the relationship. If you're doing everything and I'm not talking about acts of service. Like I, I, we've all read the five love languages. I'm not talking about acts of service. That's a different thing altogether. You're not doing the act of service to earn their love. You're doing the act of service because that's a way that they recognize that you love them, right? See the difference there? So if you're out there with somebody and feeling like you have to prove, because that's basically what it is, that you love them by doing X, Y, and Z, <clears throat> um, they don't love you back, so you can go ahead and stop doing X, Y, and Z. They, you'll never earn their love, right? Now, um, next up, opposites attract. Now, this one, it's, it seems to make sense because you'll, you'll think from the outside that you've got like a couple friends that this, this fits the bill, right? But really... The opposites that they're talking about, like what are the opposites that you're focusing on, I guess is the question. Um, how deep do they go? Because when you're looking at the deep things, the deep-rooted aspects of an individual's worldview or um, their morality, their religion, anything like that, when you're looking at the deep, deep values, opposites don't attract. There can be superficial things um, that are different. And no two people are going to be exactly the same, right? They're not going to be into all of the same things. Uh, no how, no way, not ever. But the core beliefs, the core values, the core competencies, there's going to be a lot more similarities than there are differences. That's just the way that it works out. Statistically, 
you're going to end up with somebody that runs in your circle, that lives in your town, that has a, a career that intersects with yours. Not necessarily the same one. Like for me, the number one combo that you see are uh, nurses and cops or nurses and firefighters. And of course, I guess bringing up the rear uh, to a smaller degree of nurses and doctors. But usually, you know, the police come to the hospital for interviews and whatnot. Um, and firefighters are bringing people to the hospital. So, you know, it's different jobs, but there's some overlap. The circle is the same. And thus you see that, that to be the case. When you're in an area, you know, you're more likely to date people that you see often. It's, it's just the way that it works out. So yes, of course, people hook up and, and date when they meet at clubs and bars and a random party that they'd never been to before. But even then, part of that is because they're with people that they know. So it's, it's very rare that you get somebody that's a stark opposite that like, you know, 90% different than you. Um, and they can be 90% different than you in again, superficial things, but the core beliefs and worldviews are, are usually pretty similar. Um, again, more similarities than dissimilarities. So uh, the opposite attract, eh, not really. They can attract for short term, but like once you start to see, you know, they're not on my level intellectually. They're not on my level um, mentally. We can't talk about anything at all. Because again, communication. One thing about communication is it's a, you know, we didn't really talk about it in the last episode, but it's a bonding mechanism, right? Like if we can just talk about shit, um, you can hear what my thoughts are and what's bothering me. And even if it's stupid, um, that you can listen to that, take that in, and we can work with that. Uh, it's dope. So eh, opposites attract. It's, it sounds good, but it's, it's also not really a thing if you get down to the core values. And then this last one, um, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm just, just really not a fan of this one at all. Um, and it's this expectation that passion should last forever, right? Um, had a couple friends, you know, they got divorced because they felt like they were roommates as opposed to lovers. And I mean, uh, I would say realistically, you're not going to have that burning hot, insatiable physical passion past two years. And two years is, is stretching it in my book, but I'm going to give you two years. I'm going to say two years. Um, and then that's where all the other stuff kicks in. That's where you need to develop other forms of intimacy um, in order to keep it going, right? Because the passion, it, it's not going to stay that hot. Now, if passion's a fire, there's always going to be embers there. So you can always build another fire. Like just because it's not crazy and you, you can't stop thinking about them and all that stuff, just because that part's gone doesn't mean that the relationship is trash, right? You can easily uh, rekindle those, those flames anytime. As long as they were there to begin with, you can always rekindle them. It's not something that you actually, um, lose unless unless you you know allow other form of intimacy to go uh, by the wayside and you you know of course don't try to get it back but you know it's not gonna be burning burning insatiable passion forever 
Now, having said that, there are plenty of documented documented cases of uh, people that still have very active sex lives all the way up until death, right? Of course, there's physical factors that come into play. Um, diseases can mess with that. Meds can mess with that. Um, just declining health. There's a lot of things that can get in the way. But if everything else is as as we would hope that it was would be and could be, there's always going to be passion, right? It's just not going to be that, oh my God, when we first met, I couldn't take my eyes off you, couldn't stop thinking about you, I can't eat. You don't need that. And there's some that argument or <laughs> argue that that uh, exists just to keep you, just to rope you in, right? And then the other forms of intimacy are what keep the bond strong and going. Uh, so, so there's that. Now, springing up off of that, um, I wanted to do uh, the love it or lose it this week um, about love can make you feel like you're on cocaine. Now, I've never done cocaine, uh, but people that study this type of thing say the answer is yes. That newly loved person that comes into your life uh, it's going to do all kinds of stuff to you. Your hormones are going to go crazy. Your amygdala is going to be working overdrive. You're going to be in like this hyper adrenalized state. And in that state, you know, you, you, physiologically looks a lot like when you're on cocaine, they say. I don't know. I've never done cocaine, like I said. But I have been in that place where, you know, I don't necessarily need to eat. And I'm super excited all the time. And I can't think straight. Uh it seems like a drug. Definitely seems like a drug. Seems like that's not that I'm never in that much of an excited state for pretty much anything else. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and <clears throat> agree with the researchers. Like, yes, you know, that that brand new love can make you feel like cocaine. And I'm going to also say that it's a good thing that that shit goes away because think about how hard it is for you to be productive in that state. You always want to be doing something else. And the something else is being with that person, right? It takes away from your hustle. It takes away from your grind because you're very, very distracted uh, mentally based on this emotional connection. So it has to fade. Like in order for you to keep building and doing all the shit and keeping it going, it has to fade. It's a good thing that it fades. Uh, but I don't think that when it fades the right assumption is to presume that it is over and done with and it can't come back in any way, shape, or form. It's just not going to be the same. It's not going to get back to that same intensity, but you can get that in flashes um, just by working on the things, you know, finding out their love language, communicating to them, being with them, supporting them, and nurturing them. And, and, and that going both ways, obviously, it can't be one-sided. Because then you get into that whole thing of, am I trying to love them into loving me? Uh, which is not going to work. But that's it. Um, I think that there's so many more uh, little myths that people come up with, little things that they say. And it's troubling because we get into these relationships um, thinking all of this weird stuff that's that's not factual. So we have these expectations that can never be met and that really sets the stage for failure in the relationship right 
come in fully formed with real ex- realistic expectations and goals, and good things are probably going to happen, more likely than if you're just operating on the fallacies. So that's it, episode 44, fallacies. Um, before I go, I got to say, if you want to drop me a line, you can do so at uh, sidepiece underscore season on Instagram. Um, I want to give a shout out to Tiffany. She works at CityGate Spirits. Uh, she is a marine biologist and a bartender. Uh, hell of a combination. I told her that she needs to start her own podcast. And if you are in St. Augustine and you see her, get on her ass. Tell her to start a podcast. All right, Tiffany, I told you I shot you out. There you go. Um, you guys have a great Monday. I'm sorry about daylight savings. I think it's stupid as hell. And in Arizona, we did not do it. And it was marvelous. Um, Bad part is now I am three hours behind the East Coast. But whatever. We'll work it out. All right. You guys be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Take care. And I'll see you next week. Peace.